0: Welcome to Everything Dog Training with me, John McGuigan. Our goal is to bring you information on dog training methods which work and are kind, cutting through the myth and the folklore to help you have a better behaved, happier, emotionally healthier dog who is a joy to be around. Cameron is a master carpenter and electrician. He got his first dog when a guy walked into a bar and was trying to give his dog Bobby Sue away. He didn't even want a dog at the time but he felt sorry for her and he made all the new dog owner mistakes and the next year he adopted a puppy billy joe soon after he rescued henry and he had some great mentors and started studying hard he's helped run a dog training page for with over a hundred thousand members for years now and that's dog training 101 on facebook When he moved to Tennessee a few years ago, he started volunteering with rescue, working with aggressive and hard to home dogs. There aren't many uh, resources around uh, Cameron's area and the success rate has been small, but he kept trying. He currently has four dogs in the home. He just sent a foster to a different foster family uh, after he was dumped outside of town. Um, So they captured it and kept it in place till uh, a new home could be found. Cameron would say his strong suit in patience in training is patience, and he knows that not everything can be fixed, fixed in one or even ten sessions. Uh, he can he says that you can only look at the dog in front of you and they will tell you and that dog will tell you what needs to be done. He has five kids, four dogs, a cat, five chickens, two hamsters. He loves gardening nature and would easily fit into the American term hillbilly which I think he's been, uh, having spoken to Cameron a few times, I think uh, there's nothing derogatory in that term, the way that Cameron describes himself. So I had a really interesting conversation with Cameron and I hope you enjoy it. And please let us know your feedback. So thanks for joining us this morning. So this morning, Cameron, you are 10 o'clock where you are, is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. And you were saying that you've stayed in You've lived in five states in the US because you you were you grew up in Illinois, but that's not an Illinois accent, is it?
1: <laughs> no, more um a lot of my accent I picked up from Texas. Okay. Yeah, you get some very, very strong accents down there for sure. And the southern states in general, so
0: Okay. So what would be so let let's try I'm gonna say um if I was to ask you what a midden is. Okay, what would you think? It's a Scots word. What would you think a midden is? A midden, a meeting. <laughs> right, so <laughs> right, so and it's <laughs> M-I-D-D-E-N. So like like Joe Biden, but with two D's and an <laughs> oh, M and not a
1: B. I have no idea. <laughs> right, so a midden, and it's, do, you right, in your, do you put a midden in your boot? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, so a midden is um, the common um, garbage area in a in a in a building. Oh. Okay, so it come from. I'm just going to switch off. Hang on, because I'll get those. Most notifications will pop up. Okay, so when the when we had a lot of tenement dwellers in the cities, and there would be a, the um, the bins or the the garbage area at the back, and that was the midden. Yeah all right the we'll midpoint
1: maybe or a mid
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um and we'll have it uh it's not used commonly anymore but we would, at school we would use it as an insult <laughs> so the person is a midden or she's a <laughs> midden. okay right um so what's a common um let's go a common phrase from tennessee so what would and and I'm going to try and mimic it
1: Hmm. I was trying to think of some this morning. Actually, a, a common thing I hear here at breakfast time is, "I'm going to go get a biscuit." So everybody says, "I'm going to get a biscuit," and that means have... anything for breakfast. But uh, okay. breakfast is summed up as a biscuit.
0: So let's try it. I'm going to go and get a biscuit.
1: How's that? <laughs> See, you could do good around here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good. Okay, so we're going to talk today about um, kind of it's all of this kind of same theme. So, like setting expectations for your dog. All right. So when you're working with somebody, um, how do you approach that with them? So, approaching them, having patience, and and having realistic expectations.
1: Well, a lot of what I see, and this is something I've been contemplating lately, when you, when you look at YouTube, you look at Google, you look at the famous dog trainers, you see this perfect world. And, and you know, they have a great studio set up, you know, great training grounds. But most of the rest of us are, you know, we're in our yard trying to train. We're going to the park trying to train. We don't have this perfect setup. We don't have, you know, decoy Um, stuffed dogs etc 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 so you know just setting up for success you know a lot of a lot of times what I do dirt road dog training I take dogs way out in the country there's no distractions there's no other dogs there's no people there's no cars and we start from there start from scratch start from the basics
0: okay and and what are you what are you hoping to achieve by doing
1: that well Really, just basic loose lead walk, basic relationship with the dog in a not in a not so distracting environment. Okay. If you walk out the if you walk out of your front door and there's you know neighborhood dogs everywhere, all these distractions, and you're trying to get a loose lead walk, it's just not going to work. Yeah. So
0: when you're saying there, this comes up quite a lot um, when people say that they set the dog and the owner up for success. So where are the, how What kind of things do you suggest that
1: we do with that in order to get, to set the dog and the owner up for success? Well, many times what I do is I'll meet owners at, I've got some really small towns around me that have little parks and they'll have a ball field. Okay. So I'll meet them at that ball field. There's no distractions. We can go in the ball field. We can work with the dog off lead because I prefer working off lead as much as possible. But you can work with the dog without the, you know, going to say a big park where there's lots of people, lots of distractions. I want the I want the dog and the owner calm and comfortable, especially at first. And and that to me, that's the best way to get a good read on the dog when you can see it and it's in it when it's comfortable, when it's relaxed. So you are
0: really seeing what the dog's capable
1: of there. Yeah, from the basics. Yeah. Does the dog know its name? Yeah, that's one of my big ones. And one of my first suggestions to owners is, at, on my first phone call, I say start name game. I just and say dog. So if you say the dog's name, and then what happens? Um, I just suggest the dog doesn't have to do anything. Say the dog's name, toss a treat. Say the dog's name, toss a treat. Because dogs don't take their dogs don't personalize their name like we do. And it creates a super positive association. I've done it a ton with my dogs. We have four, and and now if we have a scuffle or something, I can say the dog's name softly, and they immediately, oh, what's going on? We get a treat. Yeah. You know, it's it's a great, great, great positive interrupter for one.
0: And so we're we're testing there that the, the dog recognizes their their name, um, because if we've not got that, we're. Um, would you think that they were, were unlikely to get very much more than that if they can't even respond to a, a signal that something is important to them?
1: Yeah, it's a, I think it's a great first step. And it's, I think it's a great learning step too with the conditioning because a lot of times we want our dogs to do something. They need to do something when we say something. But that's not always the case with conditioning. And, and what I notice, too, a lot of times, you know, at my house, it happens. Everybody's running around, oh, Henry, stop that. Smokey, quit barking. You know, Billy, get out of the way. A lot of what they hear in their life can become negative all the time just because of, you know, it's, it's regular life. They get under our feet. You know, and I think that creating that great positive association to the name is just a great first step because many of my dogs will recall to their name now. I can just especially Bobby. She's the one I worked with the most. I could just say, Hey, Bobby. And here she comes. Yeah. You know, great, great, great positive association to her name.
0: I, I knew and you build that just, just by um, pairing that, the, the dog's name with something that the dog likes.
1: Yep. Okay. Pair the two together. Something right. good.
0: Okay, cool. All right. And you're, you're saying as well that when, um, what are some examples of people having really high expectations for the dogs in training and then how do you start breaking that down to make those um more realistic and I'm always cautious of using the word realistic because I think it excuses a lot of poor training you know um because we can get doing the right thing we can get a lot quite quickly um but how do you what are the kind of things that you explain to owners about um how do we set those expectations for the dog
1: um, for sure. And I, I have a great example. My mother got a Brittany puppy recently and they have a pretty large farm, you know, large acreage. So they thought that it would be just fine to take the puppy out off lead all the time. Well, eventually the puppy um, chased a squirrel across the highway. Okay. You know, it ran, ran a long, long ways. And, and it was a setup for failure for one, because when the puppy took off running, what's your natural instinct to do? You chase the puppy.
0: Yeah.
1: And then and then bam, 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 snowball, bad situation. So now what they're doing is they're walking the puppy all the time on a long line. And yeah. even if it's in a safe area, they have a really nice thin 20 foot, I think, long line. And they said it's worked wonders. They've been able to work on the recall better, stuff like that. Because it's just that expectation of, you know, I can take my dog to the store immediately. Yeah. And then what I see, I see that a lot, you know, let's take our dog. We've got this new dog. Let's take this dog everywhere. And then you get a lot of negative exposure to things where if you slow that down just a little bit, um, Cliff Earnhardt actually does this also, but go sit in the vehicle. Yeah. And just watch. I, uh, when my dogs were young, I would all the time go to a big store and we would just sit in the vehicle, watch people, feed treats, you know, no big deal. Nothing nothing expected of the dog. We're just sitting there calmly watching the world go by. Instead of trying to, you know, here the hard big hardware stores are lows and they're dog friendly, you know, a lot of people will immediately take their dog there, expecting yeah. everything to be okay. But what happens is is you run into other dogs there might even be a dog off lead in this story. You oh, wow. never know. Yeah. yeah, you know. So and it, it's just a big setup for failure sometimes for you and the dog. And you know, and then you're and then you're pulling on the lead, trying to drag your dog away from another dog or a person. People will approach and pet without asking.
0: Yeah. So that those kind of situations, if the dog's not been trained, um, if we've not trained our dog or we've not taught our dog what. To do the behaviors that we want to do well enough, they're now going to behave in a way that we don't like. So pulling in the lead, jumping up, getting over excited, you not know, that kind of thing, yeah.
1: Definitely. You know a funny one about Lowe's, um, I have a dog that's pretty skittish. She has noise phobia. And I wasn't thinking about it, but the sliding door scared her.
0: Really? Ah, uh, yeah, okay.
1: So yeah. so and and as soon as I saw that reaction, we retreated to the car you know I didn't push forward beyond that point she she'd already been scared it's already there it's better off just to back up try it again some other day you know we went and got the car went to the park
0: we're gonna I'll circle back to that in a a little bit there's just a couple of things I wanted to kind of ask you to expand on there so when you're saying that you've got kids don't you and good children
1: yeah oh yeah (laughs) okay
0: yeah so so when they're that example of Taking your young dog or your untrained dog um, to the car park or the parking lot for for those, um or where we would do it We'd, we would just have them at um, so in the UK or in Scotland, very very few of our, our shops are, are dog friendly. So, but you, we still need to train them to be around these places. So we would I use car parks quite a lot as well, um, but they say it's it's very similar to when you've got when your child starts sitting up. You know, so when they're about six months old, eight months old, and they'll be able to start sitting. And at that point, we maybe take them to a cafe for, or a coffee shop for, you know, a drink and, um, and a and a piece of cake. And then we take them home, you know. So we, we, sure. start, we start that early age. So when, by the time they get to, you know, three or four, because we've been doing this, we can now go in and sit in a family restaurant for an hour or so, and they will sit having their dinner, you know, yeah. Um, and that kind of thing. So it's very similar to that, isn't
1: it? Oh, definitely. Baby steps, baby steps. And, uh, you know, we were shopping yesterday with our two-year-old daughter. And by the end, she was frustrated. You know, she was stuck sitting in the car. You know, I tried to put her on my shoulders. You know, it's just they don't sit still that long. So finally, I just took her to the car. And we played in the car while Amanda finished up shopping. You know, it's that it's that expectation.
0: Yeah so what with your daughter there what were the behaviors that you started seeing which were telling you that she was getting frustrated or she was not happy with where she was
1: uh very similar to the dog a dog does starts getting antsy um wants to get out of the car you know starts getting loud wants to grab everything around her just you know a kid and it's and it's you know she's being a kid so what am i going to do i'm going to I'm going to take her out of the bad situation and find a better one for her at that point because there's nothing I can do. Yeah, you can't, you, know, you can't reason with her. You can't say, hey, let's stop doing this because then it's going to be stop, stop, no, 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 stop, stop.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting there because most reasonable people, um, you would think that that would be, they would agree with that choice that you've made to say that um, your little ones just not having a good time there and we change the environment so that they, they, they then can relax and, and get back into themselves. Because if it's, it's going to go wrong, but we don't have that same understanding or of compassion towards our, our young dogs, sometimes, or our puppies.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's, with children, it can be tough, too, because sometimes you, you have to do what you have to do with them. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have a choice but to go shopping. Yeah. And if they scream the whole time, they scream the whole time. It's it's one of those double-edged swords. It's, it's it, you, you wanna do your best for them, but like everything, we're human, and we can't always, yeah. it, we're not always gonna be perfect at what we do, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Okay, so what's your dream car? Uh, my dream car, excuse me. <clears throat> my dream car is a, a four-door utility bed, flatbed truck. <laughs> I'm all about work I'm all about work so my uh, my dream car is a work truck
0: (laughs) okay that's very practical Cameron um so I looked before you came on um so there's a city called Glasgow in Kentucky it's not too far from you
1: yes there is if I ever go through I'm sending
0: pictures (laughs) (laughs) so Glasgow Kentucky is 254 miles from where you live so that's about 400 kilometers and Glasgow, Scotland, is six thousand four hundred and fifty-six miles from where you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's interesting because you've got so your your first name's a Scottish name, um, and you've got lots of, and then you get cities like Glasgow, which is that that's come from Scottish immigrants.
1: Yes, you know, definitely. You know,
0: without a doubt, it has. Okay.
1: What my uh, my ancestors are actually Scottish Welsh. Okay. And um, my, the original Cole that came, he lived in England and got kicked out of England for illegal arms manufacturing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think the ornery streak runs in my blood. <laughs> yeah, Very good, good.
0: What does the first 30 minutes of your day look like?
1: Uh, grab a cup of coffee, put three dogs out back, leash walk one dog, bring the other three dogs in, water, food for the dogs, go release the chickens out into the front yard. <laughs> yeah, just animal care and coffee.
0: Nice. Okay. Um, would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the smartest person in the room? I'm both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Actually, to answer that question, I'm I mean ia lot of times I am the funniest person in the room, and I've found that a great way to connect with people. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: cool, cool. And this one will be easy, I would think. Scotch or bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs>
1: that would be my answer to that. All right.
0: Okay. So you were saying. Um, when I said to you, we're going to circle back around to, to that a little bit, when you are talking about, um, what's your, your little one's name, the two-year-old? Everly. Everly. Right. So when, when Everly is having a, a, a bad, um, just having a, a, a bad day, you know, or whatever, or, or she wants, because so, I'm saying you'll, you'll take her to the supermarket and she'll be fine the whole time, and other days that she's not, because she's two, mm-hmm. you know. So um, you take her out if you're able to, uh, and then Amanda finishes the shopping. So – you've taken care of her needs in that moment as best as you
1: can definitely i i always 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 go back to maslow's pyramid to the basic needs yeah if we're taking her shopping we make sure she has a snack make sure she has a you know a drink ready she's not ready for a nap you know just just set up for success
0: and we can take those same principles into your training sessions with your dogs yeah
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. All the time. Like right now. And you know, and what I started out with is the perfect life you see online and dog training right now. We're having a flea outbreak.
0: Okay.
1: I, I spent the whole evening giving baths last night. We went and got meds from the vet, but, but on the other hand of that, I've noticed some behavior issues with the dogs and it just, just little things like we have one dog having an accident at night now. Okay. And we've had a lot of storms in the evening, which has made the evening potty break a little harder. Yeah. You know, so an accident in the house is no big deal. But, you know, I, I just always look at what's going on with them. Um, I had a little bit of an aggression issue pop up a while back with one of my dogs. The first thing I did, took her to the vet.
0: Yeah. And and why was that?
1: Just to rule out any pain. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what's going on, so I want to start from scratch and, you know, check everything off the list. Is she in pain? Yeah. Is something going on with her? And
0: that's, that's – I had a client phone me yesterday, or, or an inquiry yesterday, and the dog's uh, – I think this five- or six-year-old dog, and in the last two months they've had six extremely out-of-character aggression incidents. Um, and my first thing was dog goes to the vet. For a check and some pain meds and um, to see if that if we're going to if that makes any difference to start um, and it's yeah. something a lot of people will forget about or not even think about
1: you know um I, I my just, most recent client um they were having some aggression towards owners it started after the dog had ran away for a day but another thing was the dog had an ingrown nail and it, they took quite a long time to get be able to get it taken care of at the vet. Okay. But it's like, and, you know, there there's your pain problem.
0: Yeah. And if we, we address the pain problem, very often a lot or all of the aggression stuff will go away. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, all right. Um. The other thing we talked about, we're saying that trying to do, and it's, it's going back to um, when, along the same line, okay? But trying to do too much too soon with your dog and not having enough patience. So, um, how do you explain to people um, that they have? Um, how do you about starting to under, for people to understand that it's a process that they're going through with their dog and the dog's learning
1: it as well? Well, a good way, a good way I like to explain it is is um, starting a new job. You start a new job, you, you have no idea what's going on with that company, so you, the first thing they usually do is sit you down in a room for eight hours and you watch videos. Yeah. A lot of times you don't jump in and go directly to work at what you're doing. You go through the whole safety procedure, you go through, you know, just everything. Many times they're not going to sit you straight down at a desk and say, here you go, go to work, or, you know, put you in a machine at a factory, here you go, go to work. I've went to jobs. Well, the railroad, for example, I had three days just sitting in a room watching videos before I ever went to work, you know? So just, uh, just uh, you know, first things first, the, the first steps, yeah. you know, if you're, if your dog's dragging you around on the lead in your front yard, then you don't want to go to a big, busy park.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not going to work. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and then we can, we can come up with strategies, which we'll talk about in other episodes of, of how to give your dog to meet those needs of exercise and stimulation and all that without taking the dog and the owner to places where they're you kind know, of metaphorically drowning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right. Okay. So how do you respond when, cause you'll have had this because we've, we've known each other o- online for, for a long time now, but when, when people, kind of push back against positive reinforcement dog training? How, what are the, some
1: of the things that you will um, explain to them? Um, you know, I, I see it every day here. The e-collar is common here. Yeah, I mean, a lot of dogs on my street, they're wearing e-collars. A neighbor down the street has two dogs. Both of them are wearing e-collars. He's carrying two remotes. And I, I really just – I don't say much to him about the e-collar. I just show him and I have a little house next door to the person I'm speaking of that I'm working on and I'll just play with his dogs and you know kind of the oh how do you say it you know the show put up you know show them show them how it works not try to attack what they're doing wrong because then you're going to get the cognitive dissonance they're going to shut off immediately I can't walk up to your house and say well that you know paint job on your house is ugly you should paint your house yeah you know that type of approach it's never going to work but if i'm walking by their house every day with a different dog on a loose lead you know or off lead i've one dog that's great off lead she'll stay right with me you know or go work with their dogs i always have a bag of treats in my pocket i wear cargo pants so yeah yeah you know and just and just show them what's you know what they can accomplish Uh, an awesome one with a new dog very first thing is is capturing that sit a lot of times you can capture that sit give a no cue capture it a couple times and then maybe start a short little ping pong session you know a little bit of name game and then start a short little ping pong session and when that dog starts running back and forth from me to them and Immediately sitting down for that treat, it's like magic to them. They're like, and, "Oh wow!"
0: And how do you, when you're saying capture, and what what do you mean by that?
1: Not not asking the dog for the sit, just waiting for the sit to come, waiting them out. Or I might lure it a little bit if the if the dog's just not getting it or jumpy, I may lure it with a treat. You know, hold a treat over the head and then slowly bring it back towards the tail. Yeah. And then as soon as that sit comes, treat. Yeah. And they they catch on to it so fast especially puppies and they'll and well I, my very first client actually the, this puppy was i think 13 weeks old and was sitting every time it ran up to you in about 10 minutes nice Lo- loved the game loved the game and and to the owners it was like wow this is magic you know yeah. and
0: yeah really cool okay so um last thing okay so i'm going to finish the sentence
1: dog training is <laughs> dog training is ever changing <laughs> um i don't know how i'd finish that out in just a sentence i would almost say dog training is ever changing it's it's never the same with any dog every dog is different every person's different every environment's different and even then needed-
0: with the dog that, so if you train um, if you train your dog today, the same dog is gonna be different tomorrow because another day has passed, more learning, you know. Yeah. And so on. Yeah, lovely. And,
1: and back to the basic needs, you know, a week from now, my dog may have a belly ache and I wanna take him out and do something and it's just not the day for it. They're not feeling it, just like us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, wonderful. No, I really appreciate your time today. So, um, um, yeah, much obliged to you. know, there's lots of lovely information in there that, um, that, that people will be able to act on. So massive, massively appreciative.
1: No, oh, very welcome. Great to talk to you. And I, I'd like to finish with one last thing just for everybody, but you know, life isn't perfect. We have to do the best we can, you know, with ourselves and with our dogs and you know, it, just like with us, some t- things take baby steps and little baby steps and little baby steps. But if you keep doing the baby steps, you're going to see the results you want someday. Awesome. Maybe not on, Maybe not when you want them, but someday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wonderful. That's a nice note to finish on. Thanks very much.
1: All right, John. Good to talk to you. Okay.
0: Bye. Massive thanks for listening to this episode. Um, Your feedback is important to us, so if you've got any comments or thoughts on the podcast or you've got anything that you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please do get in touch. You can find us on uh, all the social media channels, so that's Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. And if you search for Glasgow Dog Trainer and Behaviour Consultant in any of those platforms, you'll find me. Um, or you can email me, info at uk Thanks very much for listening, and your support means the world to us.